man. Welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl. Howdy, my turkey routers. Happy Thanksgiving, man, with the Badam Chain with Carl. Hope you all doing well, man. I know it's Friday, so, you know, Thanksgiving's already gone. Hope you had a good one, you know. I hope to have a good one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a good time, you know. Um, football, right? Did Is the Lions playing? They usually play like every Thanksgiving. Detroit Lions, right? Hopefully they're playing. Anyway, football. Let's talk about football because that leads me to today's guest, man, this week's guest, Corey Knox, who was a fullback for the Buffalo Bills, right? And that's a true story. And Corey Knox is a friend of mine. He's a Nashville comic. Very funny man. Uh, very warm guy. And I kind of knew about his story, but, like, he, he lays it out on this thing, man. Like, we get the full meal deal. And, and, and it just makes me like him even more, man. So, uh, happy Turkey Day. Happy Turkey Weekend. So, Let's just jump right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, Corey Knox. Uh oh, what's going on here? I don't even want to fucking know. When you're like, yo, after that joke, that is not good. That is, I don't know what the fuck you guys did, but I don't want to know anything about it. Good. The amount of people that are coughing. 
Corey, what's going on, dog? What's up, man? Thank you for having me. Welcome to the uh, dungeon, man. Hell yeah, yeah, this is awesome. This reminds <laughs> me of a, a like an old roller rink. It's got the carpet on the walls, but it still feels like home, dude. It's great. Yeah? I love it. Cool, man. <laughs> you are welcome. You look like a roller rink guy, man. You ever really, been on skates, really? Oh, I've been on skates my whole life, man. And that's not just a metaphor. That's, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, man, I love the blade. I grew up in Buffalo, so we got hockey up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you grow up playing every single day in the summertime. And then, and there's a lot of roller rinks up there. So you get to go, we would have dare skates, you know, the, you know, dare. There'd be like, uh, like a, every month there would be like a dare skate, and we would all go to that. Mm-hmm. And it would just be like a lot of fun. I don't know. I remember it. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Why would I know Dare? <laughs> I do, dude. That's what I, dude. That's I, here's the thing. I wrote. They had we, we, our Dare officer would come in and he would he would do like school wide competition. Like if you wrote an essay, um, you know, talking about how drugs are bad and how kids shouldn't get into it. Like you get to you get to uh, do your whole. Uh, essay and, and speech in front of the entire school at like an assembly. Mm-hmm. If you if you if yours gets selected by him or the whoever voted on it, and uh, the kid who won it the year that I entered into it um, was a really smart guy. He ended up <laughs> he ended up winning it in like third grade, and then b- by the time he was a senior in high school, he'd been arrested for like partying like three times. <laughs> I always thought it, it always pissed me off so bad that like he was the guy that. The fucking in third grade they selected to to read because you know I had personal issues in that time frame where I was like I'm gonna write what's really in in me on why I don't think kids should be doing drugs and then this fucking guy yeah but then now you know now we all do drugs so it's fine <laughs> now we're good dude now but, I don't feel bad at all now I'm like good fuck him he looks like the hypocrite <laughs> <laughs> but 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 arrested for partying that's pretty awesome, well right? yeah that's pretty cool dude. I mean but here's the thing he was like coming to school fucking. Like just in like in like tenth grade, as an athlete in in school, just ripped up and toasted and like we'd we'd be at basketball practice. I'd be I'd be throwing bounce passes off of his chest and stuff, you know, like <laughs> that type of like we were trying to win state championships where I was from, and then yeah. you've got one of the best athletes in the school, kind of. Yeah, it was fun. You know, it was fun to be around, but like sometimes you're like, geez, man, we could win a lot more games if you just weren't, you know, hung over in in ninth grade. <laughs> in ninth grade, at, 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 at practice, it would be fucking cool. So, oh, good times, man. I mean, he's know, a good like, guy. I like him. He's a good guy. Sorry, I didn't mean to spin it off. What's his name? I'm not gonna drop his name. Oh, <laughs> he's okay. just, he's a, we've talked since then. He's a, he's a good guy, man. He's. He's a, you know, he's a smart guy. He just, I think, got caught up in having fun in high school, which is what we all do. Sometimes it just takes a little too far and pisses, you know, someone off who who thought he wrote a really nice essay. I thought I had that shit, man. I really did. I was going to read nailed that it. at the assembly. I thought I nailed it. <laughs> and then here comes this guy, just way smarter than me in third grade and just crushes it. That and he, t- he killed the speech, too. It wasn't even <laughs> like he just wrote the essay that won and, like, fucked it up. <laughs> at the, if he fucked it up at the assembly, I'd be like, good. Good. He fucking fucked it up. You know, he fucked. He wrote a good one, but he had no delivery. He sucked. The whole school thought he was an embarrassment because he couldn't read or something like that. So, so, so from looking at that half gallon of wine that you brought in, yeah, man. brought in like, like I guess it, you know, it discouraged. It, you. Yeah, it definitely discouraged me a little bit, and I don't. I didn't smoke weed before this at all. So okay, well, There's cheers. A, yeah, here we go. As he's as he's pulling from a half gallon of wine, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but no, the kid crushed the, the, the speech and everything. He was like a fucking politician in third grade. And I was like, great, great. Yeah. This kid's going to ruin my life for the next, you know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole lifetime as a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he, he didn't because we became really good friends. But, yeah, he was uh, he's something else. He's just he's crazy. He was he was the him and I we were the uh, and we, I played sports. I don't know if we're gonna talk about that, but we, maybe he was a uh, he was a really good football player and, and basketball player, and we always we grew up training together. And one day we were like, you know, we're both gonna be at the university at Buffalo playing football. Like that's gonna be our thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, somewhere along the line, I think he he lost that like drive to do it, and I just kept kind of going and. and I didn't party as much in high school, and he kind of did, and it like it did veer him off course a little bit. But that kid had every athletic and and uh, intangible gift to play Division One football and okay. to go on. He just kind of chose not to with his actions. But I just kind of kept going and, and stayed a little bit straighter. But he uh, so he was yeah. like more naturally. I would say so. Yeah, I would say and so. Like he was always really fast. He he wasn't bigger than me or like I wouldn't say stronger than me which is a part of football, but he was always, like, one of the fastest kids. He had, you know, he was tough all the time. So, like, he had the he had the ability to be a really great football player. That was, you know, we grew up playing in Little League together, and then we ended up being, like, captains of the, the football team together in high school. Okay. We got voted offensive and defensive MVPs, you know. But he just he, – he could kind of get away with partying, I guess, and still be really good. But then I think about what he could have been like if he was, like, really – like really on it, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's scary. He'd be, you know, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he just didn't pick that path, and that's that. It's unfortunate, I guess. But I mean, also maybe not. It's, man, maybe, it's maybe life, he's dude. Doing great. Yeah. He's yeah. he's fine. He's doing good. Um, oh, okay. But there were moments, like I said, where maybe he wasn't doing so hot. Mm-hmm. But we're all there, man. We're humans. Yeah. We're rolling with it. That's all I can do. Yeah. Man, like like talking about sports, I'd I'd, I'd be like fully amiss to. Not bring it up, man. Like, please tell me your journey and tell the people your journey because, like, I know at one point you were a fullback for the uh, um, the Bills. Correct. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And, and I know that was a big goal for you as as it should be. And, like, I would love to hear that story and we'll, fi- we'll trickle that down from, like, your journey from Buffalo Bill to Nashville community. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. <laughs> all right, so it like, doesn't make sense at all. No, it doesn't. That's the, that's the funny part. That's about why. It. That's why I really want you on this episode. Yeah. Because I was like, man, you got a story to tell. I appreciate you know what I'm that, man. So, like, like, tell it, man. Like, let people know. Let me know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, like I alluded to before. I was, you know, I, I love playing sports. It was like, um, it was always an outlet for me growing up. You know, for, like it is for a lot of people. I found it as like uh, a way to escape what was going on and maybe in the personal life or family life mm-hmm. and just always trained and just kept going and going and going. Um, I graduated high school, still had that same like mentality of like, I'm going to play sports no matter if it's track and field or football. Ended up getting a, a track and field scholarship out of high school because I wasn't exactly big enough to play like D1 football. Okay. So I took the track and field scholarship, went away for like uh, a year to Nebraska, middle of nowhere, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Great fucking people. Literally would recommend everyone talks shit about the middle of the country, but go there for a little bit. If you find the right people, 
they're fucking awesome people. Sure. And uh, so I did a year there. Uh, did pretty well in track and field. Got a little bit bigger. Like I felt like I was, you know, big enough to play uh, football at that point, like a division one level. So I started. I started like uh, just applying to different schools. I always wanted to come back to the University of Buffalo. That's where I'm from. You dream of playing there as a you know as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I applied. Uh, emailed the coaches, didn't get anything back from the football office, but got stuff back from the track and field office. Okay. So I ended up transferring there, doing track and field for four years. By my senior, junior, senior year, I was like ready to, like, I was like, dude, I can play football. I'm bigger and stronger than most of the guys on the team. You know, my body's physically matured. So I, I tried to walk onto the football team as a junior and they wouldn't like, they would, the football coaches wouldn't give me any fucking like they wouldn't even look at me. I'd be in the office every day and they would just like walk right by me because they didn't want a guy that hadn't played football in like four years hmm. try to walk onto their football team. They're like, that's a fucking waste of time. Right. So um, I had to beg them for an opportunity just to walk on. <clears throat> and then finally, they didn't let me walk on my junior year. They literally straight up ignored me the whole year. Finally, my senior year, I'm just begging and begging and begging. And finally, the head coach gives me a, you know, a chance to just talk to him. So I go in the office, I talk to him for like fucking an hour and a half, just literally pleading my case. I'm like, just let me play, just let me play. He goes, all right, we'll give you a chance. He's like, but you're going to have to forfeit your scholarship. Wow, really? So whatever money you have for track and field, since it's not a – track and field never gave out full scholarships. He's like, if it's not a full scholarship, you got to forfeit it, and then you got to walk on as a football player with no money or anything. And he's like, we don't have any money to give you. He's like, there's no way we would ever give – a guy who hadn't played football in four years, a scholarship, like okay. just out of thin air. He's like, so you're, you're just not, you're paying for everything this year, whatever. That's the agreement. And I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm going to kill someone when I get out there. Just you're give just me, extremely motivated. Just give me football equipment. Like, that's all I've ever wanted to do is play there. Finally had the, you know, at that point, at, at that point, did you, it sounds like you were just fully determined to prove yourself. Absolutely. And and I, the thing that I realize a lot of times in life, which is a weird thing, this is something that sports have taught me, but I start I start to analyze other you know aspects of my life. It's the same way in in other parts of life where when someone says you can't do something as like, you know, some sort of challenge, it kind of adds to it when there's some opposition. When there's not, it's kind of like I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't bring that primal instinct out of mm-hmm. you even mentally or physically or, you know, everyone that has someone next to them that's challenging them is going to work harder. That's just how competition works. But I don't think we I don't think we see it in anything other than, like, sports a lot of times. But I've noticed it in a lot of parts of my life where I'm like, I need something to fucking kind of tell me I can't do it or someone yep. to tell me I can't do it. And then I'm like, fucking watch me. I'm, I'm the 100% <clears throat> the same way. Yeah. Like, when somebody says you can't do that yeah. or shouldn't do that, no, I'm doing it. Right. You know? but, but then what about the people that, like, they they can just do it. Are they like they're psychopaths, right? They just don't have to have anyone to like. There's something wrong with them. There's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those unmotivated, just naturally, <laughs> just naturally. Yeah, that yeah. asshole that wrote the essay that we were talking about earlier. Like, fuck him. He never needed me or anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, I'm good at everything. I'll just fucking, I'll just be. You know, <laughs> those people. They're they're crazy to me. But, but no. So, anyways. Um, yeah, finally, I had I had all this this uh, 
this gumption, this, this, this shit building up in me to just say, I'm going to fucking play football and I'm going to, everyone that's like, you know, you'd never be a division one football player. Or you wouldn't do this. You wouldn't do that. I'm like, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. I'm fast enough. Mm-hmm. I'm angry because, you know, shit in my life was weird and, you know, family stuff was weird. It was like, it was a perfect time to like, just take frustration out on other people. And I was, you know, the, the, the second string fullback because I would, I, I was so physical in camp. A lot of the coaches were like, Jesus, this guy, this guy might be something to, you know, he might be able to play even though everyone just thought I was going to be a practice squad guy. Um, after our first, you know, live scrimmage, had a really great scrimmage where I was just fucking smacking our linebackers. I, the next day I walk into the football office, the head coach is sitting there and he goes, congratulations, you got a full scholarship. You know, oh, wow. they gave me a full scholarship. You're the starting fullback. Two weeks later I'm playing at Pitt, you yeah. know, in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field and Holden Stadium holds fifty two thousand. There was probably like thirty, forty thousand people there for the for the home opener for Pitt. Sure. Pa- playing in front of that crowd, you wow. know, just out of nowhere. Packed. Packed. Just what, fucking wild. What and year then, was it? That was two thousand eleven. Wow. And then and then that year, that first game, I mean first play, I absolutely get my shit rocked. I mean I get fucking <laughs> dude, I get destroyed. Like to the point where I was like, I'm I actually just might walk home from Pittsburgh <laughs> and then never play. play again. And then just never and then just go back to what I was doing. Just go do track and field, dude. Just you know. But that's the cool part about competition. That's the cool part about I think life and in those moments where you, when you think you got it, <laughs> the second you think you got it, the competition comes. You yeah. know, it comes right back and I, I wasn't ready for that moment just yet. I think it all happened real fast. And uh, even though I worked really hard for it, that first play was a reminder that I needed to keep working harder. Nice. Um, so and then you used that as motivation. For sure. For sure. Because I watched that. Well, we all watched that that first play in, in the film room, and that wasn't good. That During camp, I was the guy where the coach was, like, like, wa- like showing what I was doing a lot to, like, as a demonstration. Like, oh, he just, he just hit one of our best linebackers and put him in the ground. Like, that's awesome. To, like, after the first game – our whole team is watching me get my helmet knocked off in the first play of the game at Pitt, you know, and we're all laughing, like, hysterically. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll laugh with you guys, I guess, for a have little you, bit. Have you found that play on YouTube? I have it somewhere. I'm not, I don't know when I'm going to release that, but it's it's somewhere, and it is something to see, my man. It's yeah. like, it's not even like my helmet just, like, came off a little bit. It's like it, it hit, and then it rolled, you know, it rolled for a while, and then yeah. I just, you just see me coming from out of frame into frame, like, running after my own helmet. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how embarrassing that is as a Division One football player. It's it's actually there's nothing worse. You know, but there's at least you got it out of the you way the your, first place. Yeah, if you yeah. shit yourself on the field in like white pants, that would be less embarrassing <laughs> than you chasing your rolling fucking helmet. First play there. First fucking play. Yeah. Boom. He fucking lit my ass up. Um, <laughs> but I had a grip. But after that play, I actually had one of my best games of the season because it kind of clicked me in gear. And I'm like, all right, I got to be. This fucking bullets are live out here, See, man. I got to be amazing ready. That that like you use that to just motivate you. Oh well, yeah, get hungrier. You know? I mean, you have to. Yeah, if you sure. don't, you're just you just lose everything. That's really in in every part of life. That's kind of what happens. But um, yeah, man, went on to have a pretty solid season as just a you know first year guy and. Um, Obviously, when you play a Division One sport, and you you want to keep going to that next level, you don't ever want it to stop. So for me, I kept I kept my eyes ahead, and I was like, Buffalo Bills, NFL, 
like somewhere. Somewhere I can work my way into a team just like I did here. I had a good season. We broke all the rushing records, our running back, you know, he's, he's ended up being in the NFL as well, having a, a pretty good career until he tore his uh, Achilles. But we, like, we had a good team. We had a good running game. Um, that was part of the offensive line, myself, the running back. Like, But there, there was a moment where my college coach was like, you have the ability to play at the next level. He never told me, like, what my chances were, but he was like, you have the physical capabilities. He's like, you just haven't played enough in college, but that doesn't mean you can't make it, you know. Mm -hmm. So do do with it what you want. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going for it. Nice, man. Kept training, kept kept doing my thing, didn't get drafted out of a college or, or signed as a free agent. So I, I trained for another, like, two years outside of that, just like, I can fucking do this. Just I need to get in front of the right set of eyes, go to the right workout, do whatever you can to get noticed. Mm-hmm. And a couple things kind of fell into place for me, and I ended up getting a workout in front of the Buffalo Bills uh, player personnel manager and the GM, general manager of the team. And they liked me, and they signed myself and another dude I was training with. And, uh, yeah, I got to literally call my family and tell them that I got signed by our fucking hometown team, which is like, you know, as far as sports are concerned – that's or, or just as, as someone growing up in a in a football town, y- yeah, you're the you're a fucking rock star when that happens. Like, oh, you don't even understand 100%. how how much people are excited for you because, and then you're excited to play because you're like, this is my family. This is like p- people care about like what I do impacts directly these people. If I have a good game, they're gonna feel incredible. That's the best thing you can get in any form of anything, really. Yeah. Any form of art, really, is mm-hmm. you know you. Your what you've created or what you can create is is make someone feel something. That's that's what it is, and you just keep doing that for as long as you can because it feels amazing. And the fact that you made yourself the best you could be. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and like you made the pinnacle of that. Yeah. And, and to be able to you know call your parents yeah, and yeah. tell them that hometown team. Yeah. How'd that feel for yeah, you? Yeah, that's, like I said. I mean, do you remember that phone call? I mean, I, I do, because I remember having to tell my dad, I, you can't, like, um, I got signed two weeks before they could release it. Actually, not really. I got verbal confirmation, like, two or three weeks before they could actually physically give me the paperwork because of contractual issues. Yeah. So I got verbal confirmation that I was going to get signed, which was as good as anything. Yeah. But the guy told us, he's like, we're going to sign you. A, don't sign with any other team if you get – you somehow get the call. But B, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I had to fucking keep this little, a fucking secret. Are you kidding me? Jesus. Like the whole thing I've been working for forever, the whole thing that you think about in the back of your mind as a young football player. Yeah. All the players you idolize growing up, you go, oh, I got to keep this from people for fucking a goddamn near month. <laughs> and then to, to boot, my dad is just a fucking, he's a blabbermouth. Like he's, <laughs> he's a really social guy in the scene and back home, so everyone knows him. And he couldn't keep a fucking secret to save his life. So I was like, God, I really shouldn't tell this guy. But he's the one guy and my brother and, you know, people in my family, they're the people that I wanted to tell so bad. So I ended up telling my dad and... I mean, he t- fucking he was on Twitter right away, which oh okay was not, no he didn't. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't know what Twitter is. He just got on Facebook like last week, and and then now I'm deleting it. 
it's funny now, and it's good that it didn't affect anything. But at that moment, I was like, fuck, this guy could fuck everything up. You talking about your dad? Yeah. Fuck this guy. When he, he could fuck everything up by just his goddamn mouth. But uh, no, the second that that, you know, that message hits the, the news waves and like, sure. you know, everyone's got the Buffalo Bills app on their phone like people do with the Titans here. And like you, you see your name go across that. And you know it's being blasted out to everyone who knows you, and you just like this moment of like, wow, like this is this is kind of actually happening. It's it's really a surreal thing. And then for the next th- two weeks, I'm answering messages and calls, and like oh, yeah. people just hit you up, and like sure. you know people you haven't seen. Hey, I'm your second cousin. Yeah, like <laughs> literally. Hey, we should hang out. I'm like I. Man, I didn't like you in third grade. Yeah, Would wow. you think, I, like you think I'm going to hang out? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> that was like, shit like that was happening, really. And I was like, this. I mean, this is, I responded to everyone I could, and I was like, I was very nice to people. But some people were just like adamant about like hanging out and just be, and I'm just like, that's just, it's so, it's so weird. It's flattering, but it's also like, oh, it's just because, you know. Yeah, and you, you see that. thing. And, and yeah. good for you to see that and not like buy into it. Exactly. You know? It was the same thing. I mean, even with. But it's, gr- it's a grounding experience, I, I'd imagine. For sure. Yeah. It's, um, and then, you know, your family gets, when the news does become official, my family, you know, was really, they, they organized a giant party for me at like our local pub, which was really mm-hmm. unbelievably nice. Um, it just felt so in Buffalo. Right? In Buffalo, yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at WeChecks, which is a staple of the community, which everyone in Buffalo knows about. It's like it would be like, you know, it's like a Hattie B's type situation here, like a Princess Chicken. Like it's like just a, a staple of that community yep. with food, bar, and like it's old school. Like it's been there forever, and you know, the whole fucking neighborhood shows up, and you're you know people you haven't seen and since you were a kid. You know, they were at your fucking you know, baptism and shit. Like they were in, you know, I don't know, like crazy stuff. And they're the dare guys. Yeah. The guys are that fucking asshole. He did my, he messaged, he messaged me when I, when I got signed, which I thought was really cool. Oh, he was okay. like, Hey man, you know, I, you know. Some money. yeah, he was like, he's like, like, I'm, yeah, I'm in a bit of a pickle. You know, I, Hey, I'm doing a lot of blow. Here's and, the thing. Uh, here's the thing. Like I'm a full on addict now. So if you could help me, I'm bro. <laughs> It's like, hey, man, I know I whooped your ass with that fucking essay. And, like, you know, I like I didn't want to say anything, but they showed me some of the people that, like, they, you know, that submitted. And yours was in there. And it was fucking bad. Like, that. no. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, that was really cool. But I felt even awkward at that because we had people, you know people that just didn't understand the, the step in the process that I was at. You get signed great. Mm-hmm. Your chances of making it from that point are very slim as a, as a free agent coming out of college from nowhere. Okay. You know, I wasn't signed as like a, a top 10 draft pick where they invest money in you right away so they keep you around for a while. It's like you're so expendable that if you fuck up once, you're gone. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Okay. They get another guy that they have experience with. So we're, you know, everyone's celebrating and so happy, kind of in a way thinking, not thinking I made it, but like in a way thinking you make it and it puts this, this pressure on you, which is, could be good. Um, but I, I remember leaving that being like, I'm really thankful that everyone came, but I feel like so people are so disconnected from where I'm at in this step that I felt guilty mm. about being like, thank that's, you. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like, Cause I think most people like general people would think, Oh, you're signed. You made it. Yeah. You're golden. Yeah, yeah. That's where they just don't understand. And that's where 
I mean, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm making it. Like, I, I know I got a snowball's chance in hell, but I've always had a snowball's chance in hell. <laughs> that's just what I, that's what I thrive in. And here's another situation where I'm going to prove to people that said, you're not going to make it, mm-hmm. you know, wrong. And I was I felt like I was in the process of doing that. And, um, you know, we get in I get signed under a weird regime of coaches that were like kind of in kind of like not in on the team like they were like maybe gonna leave and it was a very odd time where the head coach at the time was was having issues with the general manager they weren't on the same page okay whatever it is and uh you know they they had a conflict of interest so four days after i got signed the head coach of the football team just like walks out and like leaves with like four million dollars because it was in his contract saying that he could like peace out. Mm-hmm. And I remember meeting him the first day I signed. He goes, yeah, his name's Doug Marone. He's now the head coach. I think in uh, Jacksonville, he was for a while. He might not be anymore. But you know, he shook my hand and he was like, "Hey, man, I heard a lot about you. I'm excited to you know have you on board." And I'm like, "Oh, cool." And he was a former college coach, like a couple years back. So like, I feel like he had experience working with younger guys, and sure. like he'd be on board with that. Like, oh yeah, this is a younger guy, we can teach him. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like an old school coach, is like, no, nah, I want a veteran. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> four days after I, that, I shake his hand. He just fucking dips. So I'm like, oh, that's a good start. He's got this four million dollars. Yeah, this know? is four million dollars. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck, dude. He's like, oh, the GM flipping you off. The GM's you. signing guys like this. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what you know and i'm like all right fine um but that's the start of it yeah that's just that's the start of it and then uh we, we signed rex ryan as the head coach and you know i don't want to speak poorly on him he's a you know he's a respectable giant bag of shit um <laughs> i would probably form tackle him right now if i saw his fat ass hey man like like one of my best <laughs> friends back home is a, is a bills fan so like, yeah i don't think he would argue with no that, most bills fans now are like yeah fuck that guy <laughs> But like, there's a different level of fuck you when when you know he he cuts you and uh, after, kind of saying like, guys like you are what you know make this city what it is like blue collar like hardworking people that are fucking just tough you know we're just battle tested because of the elements and shit mm-hmm. that was me that's like what I've thrived in you know um, <clears throat> playing football in fucking three feet of snow when we were kids growing up literally every every time it snowed we would play backyard football even though you could barely run in it it doesn't it doesn't you don't feel anything when you get tackled so you're just fucking each other up yeah. you know what i mean like the, you're not you're not take you're taking that impact out of the ground so everyone's going harder like as far as the actual hits on each other cuz you know you're not you're burying someone into snow you know so you're <laughs> like you're going harder if you know you're hitting a hard ground you're maybe going to soften the blow a bit right right you played in the snow man you're just Full fucking on. teeing off on people but then the cool thing is, is you can only go so fast because you're running in snow mm. but do that your whole life and you you get pretty strong your legs get oh, strong and shit yeah, you know yeah. we would, we would be you know done after playing uh, a, a few games of like backyard football in the snow but that's my point is like that was where the beauty of it all was like I'm this guy gets you know he comes in as the head coach and he does his first speech as the coach and he's talking about the blue collar the buffalo the this the toughness and I'm I got goosebumps I'm listening to him live I'm in the field house watching it yeah and I'm like give me some football pads right now I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna run through a brick wall right now for this guy yeah yeah and uh you know I don't want to say first chance he gets but a couple weeks later his one of his old players from the Jets uh you know, gets released and and is looking for a spot. He gives him my spot, just and like then, that. Just like that. You're released. You're gone. And then you gotta you gotta pick up the pieces and figure out where you're going from there. And 
you know, nothing happened after that. But so that's that's the that's that's all I have to say about that. I I gotta know, like like <laughs> where did comedy like rear its head in this whole thing? Like yeah. for, like like even before you moved and, and started doing comedy, like. I, who inspired you, like, growing up and, like, all that stuff? I, I, I would love to know. Yeah. No, I think um, I think a, cu- a couple of people in particular did. I think we all have those people that, you know, you, you grow up, you don't realize why, you know, people are paying attention to them. Or, like we talked about before, you know, people seem to have reactionary things happen because of a certain person or what they do. But you start to realize that as a kid that – the funnier people in your in your uh, in your family and your community have a, an effect on people, and and that was something that always like even even if it wasn't physically in sports, if you could have an impact on someone, their mood, their energy, whatever, it's always fucking awesome. It's like the best thing that you could you could feel. My mm-hmm. dad was that guy, times a thousand. Yeah, you know, but he was funny guy. He's a very funny guy. He's the, one of the funniest motherfuckers ever. Not stand up funny. Sure. <laughs> because he always thinks that he he always tells me like, give me a quart of vodka, I'll go up there, I'll be the funniest. Mo-. I'm like, you don't understand <laughs> that you've been making people that have known you for 40 years laugh. You know, people know how you're fucking crazy and yeah. they get you. But like, it, it to to turn a whole group of strangers uh, to get them on your side right away with your style of humor. I'm like, you don't understand. It would. It, it's not that easy. <laughs> it takes like, a little work. It takes a little work. <laughs> it, it, it is a. It is an art form. It is a thing that you learn. And you know, he, I think, I think when you when you are that in a family, when you're that person, and everyone just knows that you're that guy, you yeah, can yeah. get away with what you want. It's sure. like having your own audience. You know, yeah, in, in a way, you're the funny guy. In a yeah. way, you have your own family audience, which is you know they're expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched my dad be that guy for most of my, but just a consummate prankster. He was fucking with us when we were kids and he was just known as that guy. So, um, I think him, him being that was always a, a, a thing that I saw value in and wanted, wanted to be like, I don't think same, like, yeah. like me and my, my old man, same, same way. Same way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause you see that you grew up seeing that and you're like, yep. Oh, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then, um, it, but I think we all find different ways to get into it. I, I think if most people that I grew up with would be like, oh, Corey's doing stand-up now, they're probably like, oh, he was like, you know, maybe he was pretty funny, but he was quiet maybe. But like, cause I feel like I was a little bit quiet. You, yeah. know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I but was like, too, man. Yeah, but like, I think at the end of the day, I would always have like comments to say or like things that low-key no one else was thinking about that I would say and that it would make people really laugh. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't – I wasn't the guy – I wasn't like my dad in the sense that I always needed to be, like, the attention guy, right. like, all the all the time. Like, he was. He, but he that's just what he was known <laughs> That was his personality in the family. Sure. I think I was a little bit little bit more reserved in that. I don't know why. But I, I still understood humor and why people laughed at him. I, I think maybe, like, for <clears throat> me, like, I was taking notes. You know? Yeah. I, I would see my dad, like, rule the room. For sure. And, like, I knew I couldn't do it. But I was, like – Quietly, like trying to figure out how yeah. he did that. Yeah, you know? but but in a sense, I think it's I think it's human nature to uh, to not. Sometimes people do emulate their parents or their older brother or something like that. But I also think that it's hard to like <clears throat> if they're doing it so good. 
Like, how are you going to fucking, you know, it's just going to look like you're just trying harder. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. like, I, know, I even, even when I'm around my dad now, I'm like, I, sometimes I can outquip him and, like, say something funnier. But, like, am I going to, like, try and outdo his energy, like, the same way he does it? I'm like, no, it's going to look tacky and it's just going to look mm-hmm. like someone younger than him trying to do his same yeah. fucking bit. Yeah. So I never really had that energy, I don't think. Um, I think I draw from my grandfather a little bit more. He's got a little bit more of, like a like, a super sarcastic, dry, like, quiet but like makes the funniest fucking like side comments like just brutally honest and i'm not like that normally but like i think that's where i get my like tone from a little bit is that your dad's dad yeah okay yeah. and they're they're totally different energies you know they're they're <laughs> completely like my grandpa's yeah. not like he's a funny guy he's smart but like he's not the guy bouncing around the room going look at what I, you know like he's not that guy <laughs> you know he's not the crazy person like that but he is very funny in his own mm-hmm. way so I think that um, growing up with that, I think that's what, in a way, inspired me to do comedy. When did you start doing comedy, like straight up? Um, I when I, three months after I moved to Nashville. So after football, I didn't get signed by any other teams. I moved to England for a little bit. Uh, played some, England? Yeah, really. I played some rugby there. Um, and then, uh, if you've ever heard any of my stand up, you'll know that I have a bit about, you know. What guys are packing in England, which is just part of you know, oh, yeah. yeah, which is just part. It's it's a fun, it's a dick, it's a dick joke. But you know what? It was one of the first bits that I had that like people, no matter who they were, kind of like either cringed at and laughed or like genuinely laughed out loud, got a good belly laugh. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not taking that bit away. I'm just gonna keep working on it and trying to make it better. And that's yeah. all I've done, tried to do. But uh, so I went there for a little bit, played some rugby, came back home, was in Buffalo. Either my options were move to England and play and keep working up the ranks professionally, possibly, which was a cool idea, but I really didn't like living in Europe all that much. I thought it was a great experience, but to do it all year round, I was in Northern England, which was shitty. Anyways, I was like, what's next? You know, what am I doing next? I've always loved stand-up. I've done some low-key acting things here and there throughout my time. I've always wanted to be an entertainer. Jim Carrey, as far as an entertainment guy, growing up he was who i like always idolized you know okay. I, like he was my i obviously loved robin williams loved all those you know bill murray loved all the classics the greats but i had a thing where jim carrey just spoke to me because he was kind of like my dad in a way that he was just fucking wild and crazy <laughs> he was funny he was just a, a, a goofball all the time and i just idolized his movies so I always wanted to low-key do something in entertainment and comedy. I just didn't know what sure. it was going to be. Moved to Nashville to help a friend out, helped him move. Ended up moving here like three months later. When did you move to Nashville? I moved to Nashville in 2017. And that's when you started doing stand-up? Three months after I moved here in 2017, wow. yeah. <clears throat> so where did that come from? Like, who turned you on to Nashville comedy? Dude, no one. I mean, I barely, really? knew, I barely knew there was anything really? going on here. Yeah, like, it's one of those things where unless you're really – tuned into comedy like like i said i loved going to stand-up shows when i was younger i loved going to you know i would see i saw brian regan like three times when i was in college and i was like brian regan's my favorite comic to people and they're like who the fuck is that and i'm like mm-hmm. you just don't know comedy at that point um but my intention when i moved to nashville i it wasn't that like i wanted to do stand-up I, th- I thought I would, but I didn't know it was happening the way it was happening here and then one night we my buddy invites me out to d's 
Country Cocktail Lounge yeah, in Madison. Yeah. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't live still too, there. Yeah, still, still there. there but. I think I got a gig like in two weeks, like a blues gig there. Hell yeah. They're you still know? playing music, man. Yeah, that's I think a, so. That's a legendary room in Nashville. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's the, if you're a musician, you play there. If, you haven't pl- if you've done a bunch of gigs on Broadway, congratulations. But if you've, right. if you've never fucking played at D's, you've never played in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like one of those rooms. Like you're, a, <laughs> you're just a trash person if you've never played there, honestly. And you're a trash person yeah. if you play there. If you so. play there. Oh, a million, but I know so many fucking trash bags that played there. Yeah. It's one of those things like play there and then we'll sort it out after. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's on you at that point. Yeah, you're right. But we did. We used to do comedy there and so we're all trash bags. But, <laughs> you know, Mikey uh, Wyman used to run a mic there on uh, Mondays, I believe. And my buddy invited me out one night just to go and hang there and we didn't know comedy was happening. Yeah. And he was like, Dude, there's a stand-up show going. I'm like, oh, cool. So we sit down and we watch it. And we're laughing. Some people are bombing. Some people are fucking making the whole crowd laugh. Like, and I was like, yeah. oh shit. And there's like, you know, 30 comics sitting in the back waiting to go. I'm like, this is a whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my buddy's like, dude, you've you've got to do a set. Like, go up and do a set. I'm like, I'm not gonna go up there right now. I'm like, I've never done stand-up before. Sure. I'm like, I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna do this. But n- not right now. But m- my brother got married right before I moved to Nashville. Okay. So I did a best man speech at his wedding mm-hmm. where I wrote it out. I wrote a bunch of jokes into it. And I'm like, I told myself, I'm like, if I can make people laugh at this, but that's padded because everyone's expecting the, you know, the groom's, you know, brother to be funny or whoever's doing the best man speech, you better have jokes in there. If you don't, what the fuck are you doing? So Makes people sense. are, it's almost like a, a lubed up room in a way. But I did that, that best man speech and people came with me that that was really funny. We really liked it. And I told myself, if that goes well, someday I'm going to do stand-up. I remember sitting down, and my brother's best friend was sitting next to me, and I was like, oh, yep, there it is. I'm doing it. You know, I'm going to do stand-up one day. And he's just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> you, wouldn't, you won't understand. Like, it's, it's just something I think I'm going to do. Yeah. Anyways, in that moment, my friend's like, you got to do this. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go up now, but I'm going to write a three-minute set, and next week I'm going to come back and do it. And uh, I did. I talked to a local friend of mine back home who was a stand-up. His name's Rick Matthews, super hilarious comic. We've worked okay. together a couple back times. Back in Buffalo? Back in Buffalo. He came to Nashville last year and did, did a, the Buffalo Bill show oh, cool. with us. And he's just fucking classic, hilarious. Uh, he gave me a lot of uh, input. I remember I would send, dude, I was, <laughs> this is so cringe. I can't even believe I'm saying it, but I'm going to say it. I would send him, like, audio clips of, like, just me doing bits like to nobody like yeah. and i would send them to him and i'd be like yo what's this is this good like, do you think i should do this no i i think we all need that well, you know, yeah, like, we, need, we need like some sort of feedback before yeah, we go on stage yeah yeah yeah. no you know? and i agree with that to a certain degree but i just think of it now and i'm just like oh man that's so and he's a really busy guy like he's got a full-time okay. job as a corrections officer he's got a family sure. and shit and i'm sending him these fucking audio messages and he, he would always be like, yeah, man, not bad. And then one time he's just like, yo, dude, I don't listen to any of these. So, like, just stop sending <laughs> Okay, so there's, dude, it was so there's the funny. nail on the yeah. head. He, you know? It was so funny. He's like, bro, I support you a lot, but, like, I never listen to these. Like, I've been lying to you since you started. I've been lying to you. <laughs> he really said that. And I was like, oh, man, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Corey, yeah. where can people find you online, man? Oh, man, you can find me... Um, on, well, there's a couple play. We'll just do the one. We'll do the ESPN. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's fucking. That's funny. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I mean, there are some articles on, on that ran across ESPN that were made. They did. Yeah, I looked those person. up. Yeah, I saw. I saw you like sweating and like you had the blue 
the blue bills. Oh like, yeah, gloves. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I was I was out there, man. It was a whole fucking for thing. sure. But um, I'm on uh, just my handle on Instagram is Knox50C. Mm-hmm. That's really all I tell. Man, I don't know. I feel like if people want to follow you, they're gonna follow. I, I don't. I don't mean to. I gotta get better at the PR stuff to be like, yo, follow me here. Like, I gotta, I gotta get that confidence that, like, even after a bomb, I'm just like, even if I fucking suck on stage, I'm just like, yo, yeah. you need to follow my ass. I'm because sometimes I'm really, I'm decent. Sometimes you know I mean? I'm decent. Sometimes I'm decent, and y'all see, so you should follow me. Corey Knox, man, love you. I love you too, man. I appreciate you having me on. Great this brother. Is great. Keep doing what you're fucking doing. All right, babe. This is, uh, this is good stuff, man. All right, man. We'll see you next time. Hell right? yeah, dude. Let's do it. All right. Goodbye. All right, but dumb chingas, we done did it again, man. Can you believe it? Man, this thing keeps going. It keeps growing. So we ain't stopping anytime soon. Appreciate you for hanging out. Thanks for Corey for hanging out, man. Uh, be be sure to follow the Badum Ching with Carl on most platforms right now, man. We're all over the place, you know what I'm saying? Like Apple, Google. Just check it out, man. Tell your friends. Remember to click that like and subscribe. Give us a review. You know, let me know how I'm doing at the end of the day. You know, I appreciate you. Love you guys. And guess what? We'll see you next Friday. Later.